Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Series last week called Road, Road Rules, and I encouraged you to get involved in Indian running. You remember the concept of Indian running? It's the fact that uh, there's a line of runners, and the, f- the front runner sets the pace, and the back runner takes off at a dead sprint and passes the front runner, and then the process is repeated all the way on the journey as you're running. And what we talked about is the power of encouragement. Anybody send out one of those keep on running cards this week? Yeah? I hope you did. I think I sent four and I've already heard word back from a couple that it encouraged them and ministered to them. If you did not do that, there are cards on the comm center. Go pick one up. Postage already paid. Just pick somebody out and just drop them an unexpected note to say, I'm I'm pushing you. I'm believing in you that you can finish the journey. And so I encourage you to, to do that. But we talked about the need to push people. Today, second part of this series, we want to look at this concept. Side stitches and shin splints. Try to say that fast five times. Uh, side stitches and shin splints. And as I mentioned last Sunday, that uh, and probably as you can continue to tell by my outstanding athletic physique, I have this long history with running. In high school, I ran cross country because I couldn't cut it in football, and I made the change to cross country, and there I am in all my splendor and glory. Put your sunglasses on. I, let me make sure you understand. I'm the second guy from the right. I just want to make sure you don't mis- misunderstand. That's me. Had more hair and less of everything else and uh, and so I, I that was me and I started running cross country in the ninth grade and began to learn some lessons about running um, ninth grade I went to state I told you last week finished about 130th it took me somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to 26 minutes to finish uh, 3.1 miles and math majors will figure out that I wasn't very fast Alan went oh shoot I don't want him on my team uh, the good news is, is by the time I was a senior because of the lessons and the training techniques that I'd learned by the time I was senior I went from 130th place to 11th place which was honorable mention all state I'm just going to keep reminding you of that by the way one of these days I'm going to wear my all I might do that next week I'm going to break out the letterman's jacket if I can get into it I might just wear it but my my time decreased is what you want to happen in cross country and I went from running those uh, above eight minute miles to my senior year when I went to state and finished 11th I ran it in my personal best which is the way it's supposed to happen at 1734 so you go be envious this afternoon because you can do the math that's that's getting it it's not getting it good enough to win but it was getting it good enough to finish 11th and I'm happy about that I finished 11th at state I'm gonna say that again I finished 11th that state, I'm going to keep rubbing that in. Y'all, don't, y'all just don't know. 17 minutes and 30. That's pretty good, isn't it, Alan? It's not an Alan Palisano speed, but it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I won't tell you who held the record at the time I did that. His name was Robin Palisano, who ran that in 15 minutes. So he was kicking my rear all the way. But anyway, um, so I want us to go back to our text because we dealt with this text. I'm going to read it out of a couple different versions. I'm just going to tell you that this is going to be one of those services and messages that might burn just a little bit. All right, because there's some truth here about running. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I want to read that to you. I read it last week. That little section there out of the Message Bible says this. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he plowed through, that that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Powerful there. Then he goes on and he says this, In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son... Do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Thank you, God. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons for what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. That's powerful. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and lie and live? Our fathers uh, discipled uh, or disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful later on however it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it now if you'll allow me what I want to do is I want to go back and I want to read three verses out of the King James we don't read a whole lot out of the King James but I want you to hear the powerful words that are used the cutting words that he says in verses five through eight he says this my son despise not thou the chastening of the Lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? For if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. That cuts. See, I had this. Uh, love-hate relationship with running. I, I love the fact that when you run, you have time to hear from God. I love the fact that when you run, at least I used to be able to do this, I could feel the wind blowing through my hair. I don't know what's changed, but I don't feel that anymore. I, I used to love the fact that when I would run, I felt like I was in shape that my body was functioning correctly, that all was right in my life, everything was working in order, and I felt the speed, and it, I just loved that. But I also hated running. And the reason I hated running was because of a couple things. Number one was because of side stitches. Some of you have no clue what that is because you've never done enough running to understand. 
But there's this phenomenon that happens. I still don't understand it. I don't know what causes it. All I know is when you haven't run in a while and you go out and make up your mind, today's the day I'm going to start running, and you do all your stretching. Long about quarter mile, something grabs you in the side, and it feels like somebody ripped your guts out. I don't understand it. It's the most excruciating pain that you can ever have. It happens on my right side. I always thought I was having an appendix attack or something. I don't know. It's take me to the It would literally double you over, and you just don't feel like I can go another step. It's brutal. Anybody ever experienced that? Could it be the chips we eat and the soft drinks we drink and the Snickers? It has nothing to do with it. It's just, you know, the nature of running. So I hated that aspect of it. There was another thing that happened to me. My junior year, I began to develop a condition called shin splints. Now, side stitches are bad, but they pale in comparison to shin splints. And here's why. Because shin splints are aggravated by running. The very thing that you're trying to do aggravates the condition. And what it basically is is that it's the muscles or the tendons that go down the length of your shin become inflamed and literally separate from the bone. And it causes extreme pain. It got so bad my junior year, this is no exaggeration, there were days that I could barely walk, much less run. It's, it is agony. I finally figured out how to deal with it. We went to a special uh, orthopedic guy and he put me in a special pair of shoes and the other thing that I did is right before I would run in the afternoons or at a race I would take a cube of ice and I would rub it up and down my shins until I would go numb and then as soon as I would finish running I would repeat the process and I would take anti-inflammatory medicine to cause the inflammation to go down it is a painful deal and then to make matters worse my senior year on the Monday before regionals started on Friday, I twisted my ankle. My senior year. It was not an option not to run. I had to run. And so I just had to tighten the shoe up, all swollen, and I had to run fast enough to qualify for state. So I had this love-hate relationship with running. Side stitches and shin splints. How do you spell running? P-A-I-N. That's why I love this picture, not because I'm so tanned and bronzed, um, but because on my face you recognize that even after running 10 miles a day for months, the race still produces pain. That's part of running. If you are going to run, if you are going to be a part of the race, then you need to understand and go into it and recognize that at some point in this race, this journey, this walk, this life, you are going to have to deal with pain. Now, fortunately, the writer of Hebrews tells us some lessons, some road rules about pain. I want to share two with you today that I think are important. The first thing I want to say to you this morning is this, your eyes determine if you will keep running. See, when we start talking about running, we want to deal with, uh, begin to talk about, uh, if, if you're going to run successfully, then what we want to address is your technique 
and we want to run with, we want to deal with your shoes and we want to deal with the strength of your legs and we want to deal with core training like Alan talked about and we want to do all of those things but the reality is is that whether or not you will continue in this race called your Christian life it has everything to do with your eyes your eyes will determine whether or not you are successful in your run. In fact, in sprints, if you go talk to coaches that deal in track and they're dealing with their runners in sprints, one of the things they talk about on a regular basis is to run the right way, which is to keep your head still and your eyes concentrated and focused on the right point so that you will continue to run and you will run at the appropriate speed. It's all about your eyes. You've got to look at the right thing. If you look down, listen, I'm t- I, I think y'all think I'm talking about races out there on the track. I'm talking about life right now. Listen to me. If you look down, you will grow weary. If you look at the distance that you still need to traverse in your walk, you will fail. If you see how far, if that's all you focus on is how far I am away from answers, how far I am away from solutions, how far I am away from provision, how far I am away from a miracle, how far I am away from a breakthrough, how far I am away from whatever it is I need, then at that point you will begin to waver in your pace because you're not looking at the right thing. If you begin to focus on pain in your life, ever anybody in this house ever experienced any pain? In your life. Yeah. If you begin to focus on your pain too much, it will cause you to stop running. So Paul's suggestion in verse 2 is this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That is the solution. It is the only solution. It is the complete solution for what we should watch and what we should gaze upon and what we should focus upon. We should fix our eyes on the one who not only started the race, but the one who completed the race. And when we stay focused on him, we will run and we will not grow weary. See, we're supposed to keep our eyes on him. He didn't say focus on life. He didn't say focus on people. He didn't say focus on money. He didn't say focus on ministry. He didn't say focus on fame. He didn't say focus on riches. He said focus on the one that started the race and finished the race. Some of you just need to get fixed. Yeah, take that how you want to. But some of you just need to get fixed. Your eyes are not secured on Jesus and you're allowing everything else to distract you and everything else to get your attention and you've failed to watch him and to focus on him. So now that all this other stuff that consumes your mind and your eyes, it's getting in through your eyes, it consumes you and it causes you to stumble and to stop running. So we're supposed to focus on him. We used to sing this song. It's an old song. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Remember this one? Look into his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in light of his beauty and grace. And yet I wonder how many of us go through life and the things of the world aren't very dim because we're focused on those things and not on him. Our eyes determine how we run. Get your eyes off your sickness and get them back on the healer. 
Get your eyes off the need and get it back on the one that provides for all of our needs. And he comes through every time if we focus on him. Quit focusing on your pain and focus on the one that can bring peace. Quit focusing on your hurt and focus on the one that can make you whole. Get your eyes on the right thing and you will run. See, we look to him because we can follow his example. He was touched by all of the pain that we were touched with, and the reality is even more, and he still finished the race. See, I, I, I want to say it like this. The writer says, when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he plowed through, that will, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Listen. We think that Jesus only endured pain for our salvation. But Jesus endured pain not only for our salvation, but also for our edification, our building up, our encouragement. Because when I recognize that he can take stripes with a whip, when I recognize that he can be ridiculed, when I recognize that he can be beaten beyond recognition, when I recognize that he can be spit upon and laughed at, when I recognize that he can endure and endure a wrong that was not right, he didn't deserve to die, he was not guilty, he was an innocent man, but he took it anyway, and I see that he came through on the other side, then when I fix my eyes on him, I go, I can go through ridicule, I can go through pain, I can endure hardship, I can endure wrong, because his pain not only saves me, it encourages me. And so we cannot look to him until we are willing to look away from everything else. What are your eyes fixed on? What has your focus and attention? Some of you just need to go get an eye exam. Examine what fills your eyes, and that will determine how you run. Running, here, here's a profound truth. I know your, your jaw's going to drop open when I share this next truth with you. Here it is. Profound. Hang on. This is deep. Running hurts. I've never met anybody that runs, even professional runners, that thinks running feels good most of the time. Running is about pushing past the pain. That should not surprise us, y'all. The fact that this Christian life, when we start this journey with Christ, has moments and days of pain should not catch us off guard. Because Jesus himself said, if they didn't like me, why wouldn't you like Jesus? He could turn water into wine. He could get coins out of fish's mouth. He could multiply your lunch so you don't ever have to go back to the grocery store. He could raise your children from the dead and he could heal you in the process. Why would we not like him? But he says, they didn't like me. They're not going to like you. If I've been persecuted, if I've been ridiculed, if I've been done wrong, then you ought to just go into life and into this Christian journey and understand that that's going to happen to you too. Running hurts. And so the truth is, is I wished I could stand up here and say, once you meet Jesus, you'll never have any more pain, and I would be a liar. 
In fact, for some of you, meeting Jesus was the start of your pain <laughs> because you were coasting before, and now you're running, and running hurts. You will endure painful situations and experiences. Now, the good news is that it is imperative for, is for me to go back into this passage of Scripture because there's some truth in this passage that I want you to get into your spirit on how to deal and understand pain. All right? He teaches us some things. Here we go. Some of you, are, this is new to you. You never looked at pain like this. Number one, your pain is a love note from God. Some of you just don't like the way God writes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Quit writing me notes, God. Well, it's the truth. When you endure pain, when you have a painful encounter, a painful experience, a painful situation in your life, a hardship in your life, that is God's way of declaring to you, I love you. In fact, I would say it like this, your pain preaches. Any moment of your life that you're enduring a hardship that screams at the, God is up in heaven screaming at the top of his lungs, I love you. Want me to prove it? Verse 6, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Your pain reveals God's love. Why? Because pain grows you. Y'all got real quiet on me, didn't you? Because some of you have been getting some love notes from God and you're not happy about it. But he's trying to tell you he loves you. In fact, I like the King James Version. It says he scourges us. Oh, thanks. In other words, he spanks us. Has anybody in the house ever been spanked by God other than me? I mean, I walk funny some days because of how he has spanked my hind parts. Why does he do that? Because he loves me. Why does God discipline us? Because he loves us. I still remember my dad saying after a spanking, the reason I can remember is because I still say it to my own kids sometimes, I'm doing this because I love you. I still remember thinking, yeah, right. How many of you are saying that to God right now? You're going through the most painful moment of your life. You are enduring more hardship than you think you can bear. And you wonder if God even knows where you are. And the reality this morning is that God is in fact screaming at you. I love you. See. The other thing is that with all the pain you're going through, it proves that God must trust you. My pain proves that God trusts me? Yeah, because the Bible says that he won't place more on, than you, more on you than you can bear. So he must trust you. He must think that you're stronger than you may even think you are yourself. Think about that a moment. By the amount of pain that you are enduring, it is showing that God trusts you. That he believes you can come through it. And what that do, does is that we should understand his trust in us. 
and our trust should be placed in back in him as a payback. You trust me, I'll trust you. If you think I can handle this, I'll turn it back over to you, God. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Some of you are struggling in your marriage. God's trying to get your attention and tell you he loves you. Some of you don't know where the next dollar's coming from for your bills. God is trying to get your attention and tell you he loves you. Have you ever thought about pain like that before? I never thought about pain like that. I always blamed God. God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you allowing this to me? Why don't you like me, God? And he's up, there, he's up in heaven going, I don't just like you. I'm crazy about you. I'm so crazy about you that I'll spank you when you need it. The second thing that this passage teaches us is this. Catch this, please. Pain is a birthmark. Pain proves your legitimacy. Uh, Y'all don't understand. Let Let me get real blunt with you. Verse 8 says it like this. But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Y'all didn't expect to hear that at church today, did you? I didn't think so. When you come, let me say it like this. When you come into contact with one of these so-called sons that have never had a bad day, and that have never had an unforgettable day in this journey, because I've had a few. And when you you go in contact with them and they say, I've never, I've never got up on the wrong side of the bed. My wife and I have never fought. I've never had a bill go past due. I float when I walk. I glow in the dark. Then let me just tell you something. They're bastards. They're not sons. They're illegitimate. They're posers. They're fakers. They're not legit. Because Paul says the thing that reveals whether you're really legit or not is your pain. It's your birthmark. How much pain you can endure reveals the fact that you're actually really part of the family. If you've never been any through any anything, if you've never endured any hardship, if you've never had a dark night, then you're not part of the family. You're a hanger-on. You're just trying to get the benefits by hanging around, but you've never paid the membership dues. And his pain, pain reveals that we're really who we say we are. It signifies the fact that we are willing to put our money and our body where our mouth is and we've endured to follow Christ. See, I'm not interested in running with a bunch of folks who are unscathed. Sorry, if you float when you get out of bed, go to another church. If you glow in the dark, go somewhere else. Because this body is not supposed to be made up of perfect people. We are pain-marked people that are learning to deal with our, our pain. I want to run with people who bear in their bodies the marks, the bruises, the scars of following Christ. See, if you haven't been marked by pain, then it's an indication of one of two things. Number one, it indicates that you've played it too safe and you're really, that really you aren't a radical follower of Christ. Because if you were a radical follower of Christ, 
you wouldn't walk around unscathed. Radical believers get hurt. Radical believers reach out too much. Radical believers give too much. Radical believers love too much. Radical believers believe too much. Radical believers take too many chances and they go into communities that nobody else will go into. They sit next to folks that don't nobody else want. They go places nobody else will go. Radical believers do that. But if you don't have any pain in your life, it means you've never tried anything for God. And the second thing it means is you've never had any pain and you're not by, marked by pain, then you're a poser. I want to say something to you this morning that you need to hear. It's not your glow that makes you legit. Hear me, I'm, I'm going to let this sink in. It is not your glow. If I could just get enough anointing on me, I'd glow everywhere I went and people would know. No, 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 listen. It is not your glow that makes you legit. What makes you legit is your grimace. Because your pain makes you real. I cannot relate to somebody that's never been marked by pain. What makes you legit to me is the fact that I've watched many of you grimace and keep on running. That says to me that you're part of the born-again, sold-out, radical, I'll keep running regardless, people that God is calling us to be. Church ought to be the safe place where it's okay for people to not be okay. Quit walking in here acting like you got it all together. None of us got it all together. Quit acting and walking in here like y'all ain't never had a bad day in your marriage. Some of you have had multitudes and could write books on the bad days. Quit hiding your scars. Those scars reveal that you're real and that you're touchable. But Jesus came and walked on the face of the earth and turned water into wine and got coins out of fish's mouth and did all those, you know, raised people from the dead and walked on water. Sorry, I can't relate to that, Jesus. Because I've never walked on water, I've never caught a fish that had money in his mouth, and I've never turned water into wine. But I've hurt. And I look to Jesus, and I know he's real, and I know he's legit, because he went through what I went through, and he's still getting it done. He endured to the cross. So your pain is your birthmark. Your pain does not disqualify you from being a part of this family. In fact, your pain qualifies you to be a part of this family. So I don't want to hear any more of this. How you doing? I'm blessed. So blessed. I know you're blessed. But you just fought like cats and dogs on the way to church. You just beat the dog out of your kid because they're driving you crazy and you walk in the door. How you doing? I'm blessed, blessed, brother. Smiling and behind the smile there's pain and tears and we can't help because we don't know. We got to be real, y'all. We have got to be real. I know in life, if we have a child that has been marked by a birthmark, that a lot of times what we will do is we will go try to get that birthmark removed. 
And some of us want to get all of our pain removed. And at the moment you do, you're no longer real. Should we glory in our pain, flaunt our pain, grovel in our pain, tell my life is worse than your life kind of stories? The moment you share your pain, I go, oh, you, you think that's bad. You wait. No. We should expose our pain. And recognize that if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't still be running. That kind of an attitude gives other people hope. Third and finally, pain pays off. Verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Anybody enjoy when your mom and daddy whipped your hind in? I didn't enjoy it very much. I'd rather my mama spank me than my daddy because she couldn't hurt me. But when my daddy got home, that little man, good gracious, he could sling a belt, boy. Woo! Or he could look at me and go, you disappointed me. I'd rather him beat me. No discipline while it's happening is fun. But later on, listen to what he says. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I am who I am today because I had a mom and dad that would discipline me. I didn't enjoy it at the moment. I didn't like being grounded. I didn't like getting spankings. But the discipline trained me. And now it pays off. And so today what I want to say to you is this. If you're enduring pain, and some of you are, I know you are, and you're going through a hardship, don't stop running. Because, why? I've got great news for you. That pain, if you will keep running and you will endure through it and believe through it and hold on through it and keep putting one foot in front of the other, as difficult as that seems, that pain will pay off. You say, well, how? Well, you got a payday coming. And your pay is this. You are about to reap, according to Hebrews, righteousness and peace. A harvest of righteousness and peace. How can you enjoy peace if you've never experienced war? Some of you right smack dab in the middle of the most vicious war you've ever existed in. And I came to tell you this morning, if you'll just hold on, there is a harvest of righteousness and peace headed your way. And can I just declare to you today that peace is worth running for. If you've never lived in peace, I'm saying hold on because peace is a prize worth running through any hardship for because when you come out on the back end and you reap peace, you will thank God for peace. What do you think everybody out there is trying to find? We say they're trying to find a high and they're trying to find pain. No. Every stinking one of them is looking for one thing. They're looking for it in drugs and alcohol and sex and fame and cars and houses and clothes. They're looking for one thing. 
peace. And we're told that if we would just endure the hardships that come our way, pain will pay off. Successful runners are successful because they persevere through pain. They are successful because they persevere through injuries. They are successful because they know how to handle adversity. And they know that there's a harvest on the back end of what they've gone through. Listen to this statement and then I'll be done. One more statement after this. Endurance, listen to this. Endurance precedes excellence. You got to endure. And so pain is your passport to greatness. Hear this statement and I'm done. The commitment to run must trump the pain of running. The reason I came to you this morning is I just wanted to tell you, I, I know it's not happy news, but it's news you need to know and a truth you need to know. You will endure I, I wished I could stand up here and say, now that you've followed Christ for eight years, 20 years, 25 years, two days, that you're never going to have another main painful, hurtful, difficult moment, and I would be a liar. If you're going to run successfully, your commitment to running the race has to be greater than the pain that you're going to endure while you run. So this is what I'm going to ask some of you to do. I'm going to ask you to begin to tell yourself as you're going through what you're going through, God's just trying to tell me he loves me. When you have the fight with your spouse, look at yourself in the mirror and say, God just sent me a note. Thank you, Lord. When your kids are acting the fool, look at yourself in the mirror after you spank them and say, No, seriously, I spank them because I love them. And the pain that that has created in my own life is a message from Almighty Father saying, I love you. The second thing I want to encourage you to do this morning is this, quit hiding your pain. Your act doesn't impress, it hinders. Powerful statement. I don't use this kind of language ever, but... Paul said it, so I'm going to repeat it. If you don't have any pain in your life, you're a bastard. You're illegitimate. Nobody can relate to you. You're not part of the family. Some of you have horrific stories. I don't want you to glory in the horror. I want you to tell people about the story and then tell them how you got through it. It's part of pointing out the potholes like we talked about last week so that others that are headed into it know how to get through. And then I just want you to sit back and say, God, I've taken everything you've given me. I've taken your best shot. I've taken the devil's best shot. I am not going to quit running. And then where's my harvest? Some of you are on the backside of your pain and you still haven't received the harvest. I got good news for you today. There's a payday due you. And if there was a paycheck waiting at your work, I guarantee you, you would go get it. 
Some of you need to go get your harvest of righteousness and peace and quit wallowing in your pain and recognize you're through the back end of it. You've endured it. Quit watching it and get your eyes back on Him and let Him bring peace into your life. Divorce brings pain. But some of you have been divorced a while. It's time to get over it and get your peace. Sickness brings pain. But some of you have been healed for a long time. You need to go get some peace. Some of you struggled in your finances, and now you're on the back end of that, and God is blessing. You need to go get your peace and quit worrying about what happened 20 years ago. Because there's a harvest coming. I want you to stand with me today. Side stitches are no fun. Shin splints are brutal. But it's part of running, y'all. It's what makes you a runner. I know that most of you in here are legitimate because I've watched you hurt. Welcome to the family. That's your membership card. But I don't want you to always sit around wallowing your hurt. I want you to take another step in the journey and move into your harvest Father this morning we stand before you as people that are marked by pain that's our birth mark I stand encouraged today because I know that if you love me you discipline me That proves how much you love me. God, I pray for individuals standing in this room today that have gone through some really bad stuff. I pray that their perspective of their pain would change this morning and they would recognize that it was a love note from you. You loved them. You didn't forget about them. You didn't abandon them. You didn't turn their back on them. You didn't forget them. You loved them. Folks, there are people here that are On the backside of that pain, Father, I pray today that they would begin to see the harvest of righteousness and peace in their life. They'd be able to sleep again. I pray that the turning over in their stomach, the stress, the high blood pressure, the worry, the anxiety would go away. And peace would come. God, I pray for the men and women under the sound of my voice that have endured broken relationships and they've let the pain of that broken relationship put a stigma on them and they think it disqualifies them from doing anything in your kingdom and being a part of your kingdom Father I pray this morning that instead peace would come over them and they would recognize they're not complete because they have a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend they are complete because of who they are in you pray for those that have endured loss that have lost a loved one, lost hope, lost their dream, even lost their way. I pray this morning that peace like a river would flood their soul 
and then a great harvest of comfort and love would sweep their being to where they know that you did not forget them, that you are right there, and what you're saying is keep running, keep running, keep running, keep running. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray we would fix our eyes on you. I want to be squarely focused on the one who secured my salvation but also encouraged me, encourages me by his endurance of the pain of the cross. Let me fix my eyes on him in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and you say, Steve, I, I'm going through a hard time. Why do we come into environments like this and try to hide it? I don't know. We won't even respond to altar calls anymore because we don't want anybody to know we're hurting. Listen, that makes you legitimate. That makes you part of the family. If you're here and you'd say, Steve, I am, I am struggling. I'm having a difficult time in my relationship. I'm having a difficult time in my, in my spirit. I'm having a difficult time financially. I'm having a difficult time physically. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm just in pain and, and I feel like giving up. You're part of our family, and we want to help, and we want to pray, but we can't if we don't know. So if you're here and you're hurting, you're enduring real pain, then I want you to own up to the family and step out from where you are. Just come and stand here real quickly. We're not going to stay long, but if you're dealing with pain, old pain, new pain, and you say, I need somebody to help me, would you step out right now? Is there anybody in the room? that's enduring pain. Their pain is what makes them part of us, y'all. Their pain is what makes them real. I need those of you that have gone through pain and you're on the backside and you've reaped the harvest of righteousness and peace you know what it's like to hurt you know what it's like to go through a hardship you know what it's like to be destroyed but you're still running I want you to step out right now and come and get behind these or in front of these folks either way we're going to lay hands on them don't expect me to do this by myself this is a body thing these are our brothers and our sisters based on their pain and what they've endured in life and what they will endure. Come on, let's pray. Father, right now. God, I pray. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv Remember, you can't live without passion. 